0: How to Live a Life of Significance with the author of A View from the Top and the creator of the Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind, Aaron Walker, on episode number 213 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with
1: Dr. Brad Miller. about 25 years ago, I came home with a pocket full of money to a house full of strangers. And my wife said, Hey, we've got to, we got to fix this.
2: Hi, this is Dr. Rebecca Louisa Smith, the author of Born to Do It, where I help you tap into your soul purpose and become a leader in a business niche using powerful spiritual techniques. Dr. Brad Miller has a Powerful podcast for Beyond Adversity, which will help you to overcome adversity to achieve peace of mind. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad.
0: Hello again, good people, and welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. This is the podcast where we help you to grow through what you go through, navigating adverse life conditions to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. We're brought to you today by the 40-Day Way, the coaching program that we have. You can go over to drbradmiller.com slash 40-Day Way for more information about the coaching program, which will help you develop your PLP, your personal life plan to get you out of adversity and on with excellence in your life in just 40 days. Head over to drbradmiller.com slash 40-Day Way. Also at drbradmiller.com is where you can find over 200 episodes of this podcast, which are designed to help you in your life to overcome adversities like depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. Today, you're in for a treat. We are talking to someone who has the ability to speak into your life as a businessman and a life coach, as someone who is pursuing excellence in his life, can help you do the same. He's a leadership expert, and he's also an expert on mentorships, on personal life development and on mastermind groups. His name is Aaron Walker. Aaron went through a very challenging adversity in his life when he had a terrible automobile accident involved him striking a pedestrian and the pedestrian lost his life. And that sent him into a tailspin, which it took him really several years to recover from when he did, he did so by connecting with other like-minded people who were able to help him, and he was able to be a part of accountability groups in order to move forward in his life. And now he sends his time in mentorship and leadership and valuing friends and family and uh, developing the book, with, and he has the book, A View from the Top, Living a Life of Significance. And he developed a program called the Iron Sharp and Irons Mastermind Program, which is all about motivating men to become extraordinary. In our conversation today, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to hear his story about how he had this great loss and pain and devastation in his life. You're going to feel that pain. You're going to learn his processes about how to achieve excellence in your life, to how to live your life of significance, and how doing such a uh, processes as mastermind groups can be a big part of the process for you. He blogs at viewfromthetop.com. His name is Aaron Walker. He is our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Let's get into that conversation right now. Our guest today is Aaron Walker. He is the author of View from the Top, Living a Life of Significance. And he also has the program called Iron Sharpens, Iron Mastermind. We're going to talk about all those things. We're going to talk about his life of making a contribution and helping you to live a life of significance. Aaron, welcome to Beyond Adversity today.
1: Hey, Dr. Brad. Thanks for having me on. I'm honored.
0: It is a pleasure to have you with us. And you've had great success in the business world. And you have this mentoring pro- or this mastermind program that you have now and and have a lot of th- good things going on in your life. But I I have found that a lot of folks have had good things happen in their life after they've had some rough things happen in their life. And I think that's the case with you. What was some dramatic moment in your life which then helped set the stage for what you're doing now? Let's talk about that and, and go from there.
1: Yeah, thank you for asking that question. Thank you for your show also, man, the lives that it changes, the transformational experiences that people get listening to your program. So thank you for for really putting out a great show. I got to take you way back. I'm a native Nashvilleian. been here 62 years in Nashville. We're three generations deep. I love Nashville. It's a great city and early success. I was a poor kid growing up, but we had a little bit of success early on. And when I was 27, I sold out to a Fortune 500, and that set the stage for me to have some other opportunities. And owned a number of businesses here in Nashville. But I want to take you back to August 1st. 2001, now about 22 years ago. I was headed to the office. It was about 7.30 in the morning. Things were really good. Beautiful day in Nashville. It was actually pretty hot. It was in August. We're actually recording this in August, so it was a very similar day as we're experiencing today. I was going down Gallatin Pike, about a mile and a half from my office, and there was a gentleman crossing the street in front of me, and he had reached the median and I paused, waited for him to cross and he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to wait for me, you know, motion, you know, that he was slumping his shoulders. Like hey, I am, I'm here waiting on the cars to pass. As Soon as I got to him, he didn't look my way and I ran out in front of me to catch a bus that was parked in the adjacent lane. Unfortunately, he didn't look my way and, and I, I ran over. Uh, a guy named Enrique. He was 77 years old. He was from the Philippines originally. And I want to tell you, Dr. Brad, my life come to a screeching halt at that moment. Like I couldn't totally grasp what had just happened. I'm like, surely that didn't just happen. I pulled over to the side of the road and I turned and looked and there was a gentleman face down in the street. Hmm. Cars started stopping everywhere, people jumping out, going to his aid. And grabbed my phone and I tried to dial 911 and I couldn't even get my composure enough to dial. Like I was so nervous. I was shaking. Finally I was able to hit the numbers, dial 911 and obviously police cars, ambulance, fire trucks, they started showing up everywhere, stopping the traffic and I got out of the car and I walked over and put him on a gurney and they told me to get in the back of a patrol car that was there. And I did. And they came over and they interviewed people that had, Seen the accident, and everyone, you know, attested that the gentleman ran out in front of me. It wasn't my fault. And I asked, Was he going to be okay? And they said, He's got severe head trauma, and we don't know if he's going to make it. Obviously, you know, for the next hour, they took all my critical information and I left. And I said, Would somebody please let me know, you know, how he, how he does? And got in the car, drove onto the office, and called my legal counsel and said, Hey, here's what just happened. What do I do? And they said, well, whatever you do, don't contact the family. Don't go around. Don't say anything. No admissions of guilt. Don't, you know. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And did some checking, found out who they were. And the first thing I did was call the family. I said, you mm-hmm. know, I, I can't okay. not call the family. How do you not sure. call the family? So I did. And they understood that it wasn't my fault. And they called me three days later and they said he didn't make it. Oh and I'm goodness. like, you gotta be kidding me. Man, your me. heart like, must
0: have just sunk. Wow.
1: How in the world? And so uh, needless to say, a lot of anxiety and grief set in and it wasn't my fault. I wasn't doing anything that I shouldn't have been doing, but still it's somebody's dad, it's somebody's husband, sure. it's somebody's, you know, brother. I sold the business. I actually sold oh the goodness, business wow. that I owned. I said, you know, I was forty years old. And I said, I, I can't I can't deal with this. I've been chasing money my whole life since I was eight years old. And I said, I gotta take a break, and I did. Took five years off and really got my legs back under me and dealt with it. So yeah, it's probably one of the strongest adversities I've ever dealt with. And even today, you know, there's a level of sorrow and grief. You know, God gives you the ability to deal with this. You don't get over killing somebody. God gives right. you the grace to learn how to manage it and deal with it. But
0: yeah, very Is traumatic. Interesting that way you had this drama and trauma in your life and you. Even though you knew it wasn't technically your fault, you had to have a sense of responsibility, or sure. or timing, or just like how you know if I just had came through that intersection five minutes yeah. earlier, five minutes later, any number of things that our mind plays games with us, uh, doesn't it? When we go through drama and trauma,
1: you know, a guy really helped me with that because I did second guess everything. If I'd left five minutes earlier, five minutes later, if I'd taken a different route. And someone brought to my attention, they said, yeah, you could have left five minutes later and had an accident with a bus and killed 50 children. Hmm. Like, you know, we just don't know. We can't do that. And so I really caught myself second guessing all these things. And then I started going through, you know, what have I done wrong? It's like, you know, I'm Christian by faith. I'm thinking, what in the world? Like, what have I done to deserve this? You know, you start going through all that. And then. You know, I, I went to a psychologist and then went through counselors and I had a lot of friends that really came to my aid and helped me kind of work through this. But it was a very, very dark time in my life.
0: Sure. Well, you've already said a few things, there and I find interesting in terms of what you did next. And that's why I talked to you about for a minute, what you did next to recover from this. There's some people, of course, would, would have such a drama in their life and kind of get stuck. You know, they kind of stay there in that place. Mm-hmm. Or they get dissolved into guilt and anxiety and don't move on. Now, you said you took some time off, five years off. That's a dramatic, that's a long period of time. And I assume that you were in a position, financially and otherwise, in, over, in order to be able to do that. Yeah. Not everybody can, of course. But you also, then you said you met, had some counselors and other people that helped you. And they eventually got back into the business world. But what were some of the actions that you took after that drama, that trauma, that adversity, That helped you start to get back on the road back to being a a man of significance, a man to make an impact in this world.
1: Yeah. You know, Dr. Brad, one of the things that I wanted to do was go in my bedroom and close the door and not come out. I didn't want to Mm. talk to anybody. Of course. And I, I didn't want to be around anybody because every time, you know, I was, they asked about this and I had to relive that. And even today, you know, 20, 22 years later, I can still hear the noise. I can feel it in my steering wheel. You know, I, I don't mean to be so graphic, but it makes that type of indelible impression. Sure. Right. You can still see it. I mean, I can still see him hitting the front left quarter panel, hitting my mirror, hitting the rear corner panel. I can still feel, see, you know, like it was a movie. And so that's difficult. You know, once you see something, you can't unsee it. Right. And that was very difficult. So, People encourage me to not be isolated because isolation is the enemy of excellence. And if we really want to go further, better, faster, we have to be in community. So for me, community was these trusted advisors, people love me, that cared for me, counselors, professionals, people that I could go and unpack it Mm -hmm. because nothing is worse than having this traumatic experience and keeping it bottled up right? And we don't talk about it. We don't say anything. We don't recount what happened. And it helped me to be able to say, this is the feeling that I'm having. This is the guilt that I'm feeling. This is the shame that I have as a result of having gone through this. And the more I talk to people, professionals that didn't necessarily give me actionable steps, but it was a safe place to share it. It was just that I could vent, I could express the things that I was going through, whether it was right or wrong, it was the way I was feeling and it enabled me to do that. And then just having buddies of mine like Greg Smith and Alan Lindsay and Chris Freeman, guys that would just come and get me, take me to lunch and just talk. They didn't Mm -hmm. ask questions. They just let me talk. And then I knew I had people that cared about me and see, that's really important that we have people in our corner that are trusted advisors, that are not trying to give us advice, but they're willing to listen. Man, listening is a very valuable asset for people that just go, just make themselves available.
0: Presence, the ministry of presence is so important. And I love what you're saying there. One of the things is not stay in isolation, and that took some on your part, some motivation to you know just get up from underneath the covers and get going. But then you had community, you had friends, you had some professional help as well. You took some action there, and that's kind of the outer the outer things, as it were, the relationships and things that that you did. And I want to go with you for a minute, Aaron, with what happened on in your inner life. You mentioned you're a man of faith, and let's talk about how connecting with your higher power or spiritual life or church or anything else came into play here. You know, some people have something bad happen to them and they reject their faith, or some people go off in some tangents somewhere. Was this a part of your experience of healing and coming back?
1: I've heard similar experiences on both ends of the spectrum, as you've just described. Fortunately, it didn't push me away from my faith. I'm Christian by faith and accepted Christ when I was nine years old. I was raised in a Christian home and I didn't understand it. Like I didn't understand what was going on, but the level of trust that I had in in God, Romans eight, twenty eight, right? Uh, I don't understand, but I'm gonna trust. And really when we can see the outcome, we don't need faith. Hmm. And so this was a place that I didn't understand. I couldn't see the good. I didn't understand it. I never want to go through That experience again, but the lessons that it's taught me have been life-changing. It was a pivotal moment in my life. It was a paradigm shift for me to really quit focusing inward because I want to touch on prior to this experience. I'm a very driven person, and we had a level of success early on. I started my first business at 18 Uh, sold to this Fortune 500 at 27, owned other businesses in between. And my sole focus at that time was on the benefit of me and my family. Mm -hmm. And I thought if I had been killed that day, what would my legacy have been? And it would have been poor kid from Nashville, Tennessee, makes enough money to retire at age 27, Mm -hmm. and nobody cares. Wow, and I'm like yeah, that's not that's not what I want. I, I want my legacy to be that Dr. Brad's life is better as a result of having interacted with me absolutely that's what I wanted. So I had to go deep into the scripture and say, God, I don't understand like I don't understand why I drew this straw, but I trust you, and I did. I leaned into my faith even more as a result of this. It didn't push me away, it drew me in even more because I needed God's strength. I needed to be dependent on Him because I didn't have the strength to do this alone. Hmm. And that's what my faith has taught me, that God's shoulders are big and He can handle this. I can't. And uh, so I I, I leaned into my, I don't want to over-spiritualize this, but the truth is, I think without my faith, I still may be in a fetal position under the desk, right? Because I needed that level of comfort and to be consoled. And a person couldn't give me that. Only God could give me that.
0: Well, I I believe it's an integration. You know, you need need the community. You need your friends. You need the people to listen. You need... The physical activity, going back to work or whatever you did, you know, uh, not staying in, you know, under the covers, getting out there. You need that, but you have to be, have to have the inner life as well. And your spiritual development has to be a part of a transformation experience. And you sought that out and so many people reject that. And that's an excellent thing that happened to you. you. And now you've... You've chosen to get back into the business world. You've chosen yeah. to get back into other people, mentoring and leadership and things of this nature. So let's go there now about how you your life changed out of this experience. Yeah. And let's talk about some of the ways that it happened, some of the disciplines, some of the, the strategies that you had, some of the way that this experience Influenced how you built new businesses. Yeah. Let's talk about those types of things.
1: Well, so in my quiet time, in my prayer life, you know, I, I felt a bit convicted of focusing all of my energy and effort on my success rather than having any level of significance. About five years into this, I gained 50 pounds. I was getting in the bed in the middle of the day. I was very depressed. And my wife came to me, Robin and I have been married 42 years now. We got married two weeks out of high school. Awesome. She came to me during this process and looked at me and grabbed me by the shoulders. And she said, it's time, it's time to move on. You got to get up. Your kids need you. You know, there's going to be grandkids. Well, we, we need you. And I had a James Ryle, guy in a mastermind group that I was a part of for years and years and years here in Nashville An in-person mastermind. We were called the Eagles. James called me one Saturday morning and he said, Hey man, He said, I want to talk to you. And I said, "Okay." He said, God gave me a word for you this morning. And I was excited. James Ryle was one of the best speakers and storytellers I'd ever heard. And he said, you come week after week, month after month to our mastermind. And I just want to tell you, you're wearing the hell out of everybody in our group. (laughs) And I'm like, that's just what you wanted to hear, wasn't it? (laughs) Dr. Brad, I started laughing just like you did. Well, he didn't. And he just sat there and I said, did I misunderstand you? He goes, no, you didn't misunderstand me. Yeah. He said, I was reading in Isaiah chapter 41 this morning. And God says to take the chains from around your neck and move on. He said, it's time you were moving on. Wow. He goes, I see you, I gotta go. And he hung up the phone. And when he did, Brad, I was so mad. I was standing in the parking lot of Ace Hardware in Hendersonville, and I wanted to bite a nail into. I was so mad. And then I started thinking about it. I said, you know, we've been meeting for years in this mastermind group. And I said, He loved me enough to tell me the truth. Well, it sounds like he,
0: it sounds like and tell you the truth, he kind of accused you of something that would get me gone. He kind of accused you of being a complainer and a whiner or something along this line. Yeah, it was like, and okay, you've grieved. Called right? you out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Dust yourself off, pick yourself up, and let's move on. And so the following Wednesday morning, I get there, and I'm a big guy. You know, I'm 6'3", weigh 230. He's probably five seven, weighs a buck 35, you know. I mean, he's uh, not right. a very big guy. And I walked around the table, and he told me later, he said, I thought you were going to hit me. And I leaned down, <laughs> and I hugged him. Okay. And I looked up, and tears running down my face. I said, thank you for loving me enough to tell me the truth. See, wow. we need people in our lives that have invested time and energy to tell us the truth. And so those things told me, okay, it's time for me to pick myself up, and let's move on because God has given me some skills. He's given me some tools that I need to use for the betterment of the community. And so I did pick myself and up. That, and then and now truth,
0: truth telling is a part of what you're all about. A lot of the business world is built around, you know, how I can get ahead and so on and so forth like that. Some of the best businesses are built and some of the best churches are built and best relationships are built when there is true, 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 truth telling. And that, that brings with it a sense of humility with it as well. And tell me how this truth telling has been a part of what you're building now. I know you have your program, Iron Sharpens Iron. And how is this all a part of what you are about now that you think is helpful, not only to yourself, but to other people out there?
1: So we'll go back again for context. So 12 years ago, I turned 50 and went to Robin, and I said, I'm going to retire. She goes, you've retired more than the law allows. And I said, well, okay, this is it. (laughs) Final time. So I retired, sold the construction company that I owned, and I went to my mastermind group, and there was a guy sitting across the table from me named Dan Miller. Dan owns 48 Days to the Work of Love. He was in the mastermind group. Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller and Ron Doyle started this group years and years ago and here in Nashville. And they said, what are you going to do now? And I said, I'm going to retire And I'll never forget it. Dan Miller pointed that little short stubby finger at me across the table. And he said, you're too young to retire. And to say you're just going to move down to the Caribbean and buy one of those little tiki huts and rock yourself into (laughs) an oblivion is pretty selfish. And I said, well, what do you suggest? And he said, I think you need to coach. I said, I'm not coaching. I don't want any part of that. And he goes, no, you really need to. So Dave invited me to Entree Leadership Said it'll be a gift for me. And then Dan invited me to innovate. And Dan texted me one night on the way home from innovate, his coaching program. He said, Did you see the way people were leaning in at your table? And I said, Yeah. I said, Maybe I'm a good storyteller. He said, No, you've owned a dozen businesses. You and Robin have been married over 30 years. You really should pray through. And I want to encourage you to coach. Yeah. And so I did. So I had a couple of guys, Matt Miller out in Stephenville, Texas, and Brett Barnhart out in. Glenpool, Oklahoma hired me to be their coach and kind of fell in love with that. And someone encouraged me to do a podcast interview and tell my story. So John Lee Dumas had me on Entrepreneur on Fire. The next day after the interview was released, 15 people called and signed up for one-on-one coaching. And I went to Robin and I said, Robin, I can't coach all these people. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to start a mastermind. She goes, oh, here we go again. And I said, (laughs) no, this will be it. And so started a mastermind group, started pouring into these guys. And then Pat Flynn had me on Smart Passive Income built up two mastermind groups with a 30-minute interview. And I said, golly, man, what is going on? So other people started inviting me to be their guest. And I was sharing my story, how to live a life of success and significance. And it just resonated. And then I turned around all of a sudden, and we have 150 members. We have 15 groups. God just keeps sending us amazing people. So now we've built a tribe. we got a community called Iron Sharpens Iron. And now people are being held accountable. They're developing life strategies and plans personally, professionally, spiritually, every area of their life. Because quite honestly, about twenty five years ago, I came home with a pocket full of money to a house full of strangers. And my wife said, Hey, we've gotta we gotta fix this. And so I made a proclamation and promised God that I would start focusing outward. I would help other people build boundaries in their life, build a strategic plan to be successful, all the while being significant in the lives of other people. And so now I'm like, how in the world did this happen? And now people from all over the world are participating in our program and people just keep coming. And it's because now we high highly encourage you to develop a vision, a strategy, a purpose, really get under your belt accountability and understand what that's about. And people's lives are growing just exponentially.
0: So when people connect up with Iron Sharpens uh, Iron, Iron, Sharp Iron, first of all, it's from men primarily, maybe exclusively, but also it is it's developed not just a gripe session.
1: No, It
0: is all. about developing a plan, a strategy, a process, some sort of written document, I assume, out of this. Yeah, we do.
1: It's called a come as you will be. And we develop a strategy personally, professionally, relationally, financially, and physically. And you have aspirational goals in every area of your life. And then we developed an accountability tool that you grade yourself every week and everybody has access to that tool. And we walk together in tandem each and every week virtually on an hour call in your trusted advisors, board of directors, mastermind, whatever you want to call it with 10 people. And these people have been meeting six, seven, eight years in the same group. And they're just growing by leaps and bounds because we're extremely focused in every area of our life. And a lot of it's based on
0: serving other people and how you receive gratification and you receive affirmation out of that. And that's, that's awesome. You know, that, that, that means that we are, I I just believe that the life of significance is really intricately intertwined with that word serve. You gotta be in that. Obviously it also comes out of your, all these experiences you had and you serve out of love for others because you want to see life change happen. You've seen it yourself, you had your wife encouraging you, other people encouraging you to, to change your life. I'd like you to tell me a story about a person or situation that you've seen that happen out of the out of your mentorship or iron sharpening sharp iron, or your book or something like that.
1: Yeah, you know it's pretty cool. This is a very exaggerated story in regards to the grand scheme or the scope of it. Not everybody does this, but a couple of guys came to our mastermind group three years ago. Their brothers, and one of them was a state trooper. One was a mortgage banker, and they said they had a desire to buy property. And they had bought three rental units and they said, we want to, to buy property, but this is the extent of really what we know how to do. We don't really know how to do anything else. And this was three years ago and their mastermind group taught them how to scale that business. And now they're averaging a $1,500,000 a month in acquisitions. They bought 350 <laughs> wow. properties and they're being funded by other people in this organization And they built those relationships and that rapport. And these gentlemen now have goals of, in the next 10 years, having 3,500 houses. And at the pace they're going, they'll dwarf their goal probably by a couple of years, I would guesstimate, just on the path that they are. Now, that's a very extreme success story financially. But we have other people that came to us that were struggling in other areas personally. Like they were working 12, 14, 16 hours a day. And they were making great money, but they were doing it at the expense of their family. And they really didn't intimately know their wife or their children. They'd come home in the afternoons and the little boy wants to pitch baseball And they're like, "Ah, I would love to, but I got to send this other email or I got to get this report out or I got to get ready for tomorrow. Well, see, what happens out of that is that we do provide a nice home and we provide nice automobiles. We usually leverage ourselves to a point that we end up having golden handcuffs that we can't get out of. And you grow financially, but you have no relational capital. And we've helped people put boundaries in place, put guardrails in place and make a commitment to the group. Hey, I'm going to work from this time to this time. Don't allow me to work past that. Their relationships are forging. Their relationships with their children are getting better. I've got a 39-year-old daughter and a 36-year-old daughter. I know that we don't get a second chance with those kids. See, we can start more companies. We can make more money. I can teach you to make money. But when the kids are gone, you, you can't recover that time. Now, some of you listening to me today say, man, I'm guilty of that. Well, you can start new and afresh today. You can say, okay, that was yesterday, but today forward, right? And this is countless examples, like not just one person, Dr. Brad, I'm talking hundreds of people that we've helped them build these guardrails and really prioritize their priorities, Really help them understand what in life is important. Roy Vaden talks about in his book, Procrastinate on Purpose, how that we should be out of balance in five key areas of our life. It's not a work-life balance because that denotes being equal. It shouldn't be equal. We should be spending our time and effort on things that matter. And when we really identify what those things are, everything else is a shiny object syndrome. We are easily able to discard that because we've identified in our written vision what's important. So these guys are exponentially seeing success because they've identified what they want and now we've created a path to get there.
0: It's about an integrated life. It's That's a great, great stuff here. And I believe it's a, you talk about the balanced life. I believe in this kind of thing about integrated. So they're all integrated, but different seasons have different things that have more, more, uh, more emphasis per perhaps. But, you know, with your kids and with the people who you value, your relationships, that's really what it's about. You don't take anything with you. To this next life, or whatever we believe that that is, but we do have those memories, those things that we can leave with people, and those legacies. And you got some good stuff going on here. And I believe I'm a really big believer in masterminds. I've been a part of an accountability mastermind group fifteen or so years, and that's very important to me. In fact, I'm going to a baseball game with one of my accountability partners here a couple of weeks from now. Things like that, you, you do things that matter. And I know that those are the fellows who I can really call and have in the past. Yeah when something really is falling apart or if I want to celebrate something as well, that's what we can count on. And I also hope to have that relationship with my own kids and my, my grandkids. I have three adult children and two grandchildren and hope to build, could nurture those adult children and then also build something really cool with those grandchildren. So that's what that's about.
1: So, you know, Dr. Brad, a lot of folks are hearing this today and they're going, you know, I'm really pretty good. I'm really pretty balanced. I want to share with that person just for a moment the time to build relationships to help you during adversity is prior to needing them. Hmm. Because at the point of adversity, it's too late to build a relationship. See, we need trusted advisors that can walk with us hand in hand. They can advise us and help us. See, they've got to have context to our life. And the time to build these relationships are while things are good. Because Robin and I just celebrated 42 years. There's been very trying moments in our marriage, right? And so you don't see it. And in my book, View from the Top, I titled it Blindsided. See, that's what this wreck did for me. And if I hadn't have taken the time to build relationships and build rapport, I still would be alone. I wouldn't have time to build it. So those that are listening to me today thinking, oh, things are good for me. I've got it under control. That doesn't mean you're always going to have it under control. That doesn't mean you're not going to have some level of adversity. You see, we don't know what we don't know. And new perspectives and different perspectives is the biggest asset there is to these peer advisory groups. And very seldom, very seldom does that does
0: disaster or adversity happen on a schedule. You know, right. we don't have it to schedule. No. Okay, I'm going to have a car crash uh, next next sure. uh, August, or my uh, father's going to die, like happened to me five years ago. Whatever yeah. it is, or a divorce happens, yeah. any of these things happen. We don't, yeah. don't do a schedule. We have to you know prepare accordingly. So, good stuff here, Aaron. If folks want to find out more about you, maybe they're interested in the, in the Mastermind Blueprint or your book of You From the Top, how can people yeah. be connected to you and find out more about you?
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you, first of all, for having me on. I really enjoyed our conversation. You've made me feel very warm and welcomed here. And so thank you for that. Yeah, if you want to learn more about it, there's no hard selling. There's no arm twisting. We're very low key. We want people to know exactly what it is that you're getting involved in. We have a website called You From the Top. There's an application on that page that you could fill out for more information. Schedule a call with me or one of my team members, and we'll just walk through it. We'll see where you're at, what it is you're interested in, what you're trying to accomplish. We'll give full disclosure of who we are, what's expected, everything that's involved, and if it's a good fit. And that's great. And if it's not a good fit, then we've met some great people. And so reach out to us, viewfromthetop.com, and let's see if we can help you live a life of success and significance.
0: Success and significance. His name is Aaron Walker. The book is View From The Top. The program, the website, viewfromthetop.com. We'll put all connections at our website, uh, drbradmeller.com It's been a pleasure and a privilege to have with us on the Beyond Adversity Podcast. Aaron Walker. Aaron, thank you so much. What an awesome uh, conversation we were able to have with Aaron Walker today here on the Beyond Adversity Podcast. His book is A View from the Top. He blogs at viewfromthetop.com. And his program is Iron Sharpens Iron, the mastermind program, which you can find at Iron sharpensironmastermind.com. We'll put links to all those programs at our website, drbradmiller.com. Let's talk about a couple of takeaways that we have in our uh, episode here today. I hope you heard about the faith journey that he had. I hope you heard about his counting on accountability with other people and how mastermind groups has been a real part of his process that he has done. In fact, if you want to learn more about Mastermind Groups, his program in this area is something well worth looking into. For what you to do, I would just say to this, you need to find somebody. When we've had adversity in your life, don't go through it alone. Find a partner who can be truthful with you, who could speak truth into your life, or find other people who could speak truth into your life. Accountability partners can help you do just that. And sometimes they can take the form of a mastermind group. Here's what else you can do. You can go over to Aaron Walker's uh, website, viewfromthetop.com. And there, there on the website is a live a life of abundance questionnaire. That's a great place to start to help you begin you on your journey to live your life with excellence. With excellence. Here at the Beyond Adversity podcast, we're all about helping you to live a life of peace and prosperity and purpose, by helping you to navigate through adverse life conditions like depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. We have over 200 episodes of this podcast. where We talk to great people and leaders who help you do just that, give you a process to go through to help you to move through things. We also have a process, one of the sponsors of our podcast is The 40 Day Way. We have a process in our own coaching program where we help you to develop your personal life plan, your PLP over a 40 day period. And you can go and and that can be helpful to you to navigate adversity in your life. You can head over to drbradmiller.com slash 40 day way and find out more about that. We hope you join us every week here at drbradmiller.com for the Beyond Adversity Podcast, where we always seek to help you to grow through what you go through, navigating life's adversities to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Love to have you join us next time and share the good word with others. Until next time, friends, this is Dr. Brad Miller encouraging you to always do all the good that you can.